Welcome back, Stanford Church listeners, to this Bible study podcast. Today's episode is the continuation of our last week episode about I'm saved, now what? And Sister Pam is going to talk about Christian living. And for this episode, you will hear more in-depth understanding on what and how a Christian should live in order to stay saved. Because it's not only one-time type deal that once we repented of our sins and be baptized in Jesus' name and receive the Holy Ghost, that's it. There is more to it. That's why the last steps of salvation is endurance. We must endure until the end. Welcome back, listeners. We are here to continue our previous topic about Christian living. Now you're saved, what are you going to do? This time we'll do a recap of last week's episode about Christian living. So, Sis Pam, can you give us a recap of our previous episode? Yes, we've been talking about the biblical principles of Christian living and some good habits to help you succeed in your walk with God. Um, for a recap, we have mentioned in the previous episode, there is no such thing as eternal security. Mm-hmm. You have just entered the race. Um, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he was led into temptation. We must note that the war has just begun. Yeah. So when things start to come your way, don't think it's strange when you have to fight certain things. Yeah, because uh, uh, the Christian, as it says, I think, in Hebrew, if I'm not mistaken, it's a race Mm, that we are going to face once we turn away from the worldly things into godly things we became christian and christian is a race that's why the last step of salvation is endurance we have to endure until the end we have to do something about our salvation it's not one type deal that once we repented being baptized in jesus name and received the holy ghost that's it we have to work on our salvation that's why sister pam here is going to teach us how to stay saved yes it's a continual process In fact, Paul even mentions, I die daily. I have to crucify this flesh because it does not want the things of the Spirit. True. So we have to constantly, every day it's a battle, and every day it's a walk by faith and not by sight. So, of course, we're going to to have to live one day at a time. Yeah, it's true. That's why, you know, don't be discouraged for, for the new believers. Don't be discouraged that there will be trials that will come in your way. Or there will be like hardships coming along because this will this will test your faith even more because the situation or the trials that will come to your way will strengthen your faith even more if you will just stay in the will of God. Yes, and for some encouragement for you, just know even when you were out in the world, you still mm-hmm. had problems that and things that came your way, some trials that you had to go through. But the difference is, when you are born again, you have the Holy Ghost living inside of you. You have the Spirit of God who is our comforter. And He is also our leader, and He guides us. And He can also help us get through some very difficult things. It's so true, because living in this world, in this uh, surroundings, or the people that are around you, especially here where we are right now, 
it's so difficult to work with people that is so stubborn and mm. so prideful. Yes. So thank God for the Holy Ghost. It helps us to control mm. this flesh yeah. and, and our temper. You know, our flesh always wants to fight. Mm. It will be, you know, you will experience that. I'll tell you. <laughs> you will experience that. But if you stay in the Holy Ghost, if you stay in the will of God, it will help you. Yes. To control that urge to fight and to, to talk back. Tame that tongue. Yeah. Tame that <laughs> tongue. So after you've been born again, there are some things you must do to stay in the grace of God. You can fall out of the grace of God. Mm -hmm. There are some things that we must change and some good effective habits to form. We've been talking in the previous episode. Number one was Bible reading. Yeah. You have to stay in the Word of God and study it for yourself. Number two, we talked about prayer. Yeah. Prayer is like breathing in and out. Mm -hmm. You have to have prayer or you cannot live as a Christian. Mm -hmm. Number three is fasting. You must fast as a Christian or your spiritual life will not grow to the maturity and reach the potential that God has intended for you. Yep. Also, we've talked about church attendance. You have to stay in the body of Christ. If you cut yourself off, you will die. Yeah. The body will continue to live on. Mm -hmm. um, we've also, I think we stopped last time. Uh, we were talking about getting involved. Yeah. Um, you must get involved. I don't know if we mentioned it, but like Pastor always says, if you don't stay involved, you'll dissolve. Yeah. So we need to... Um, we need to jump in everything that's going on. Just jump yeah. into the middle of it. Yeah. Um, getting involved in the church and worship. Any outreach or ministry that is available, get involved in the work of God. Don't mm -hmm. remain idle. Yeah. An idle man is the devil's workshop. True. Um, when your mind is idle, the devil will start putting things into your mind mm -hmm. that is not true. And deception yeah and he will plant doubt that's true so being idle is even it's not biblical at all mm. in fact the bible talks about not being idle even mm. in proverbs it talks about mm. the slothful man it's not necessarily talking about just lazy people it's about spiritual lazy as yes. well yes so an idle man is the devil's work an, an idle mind i'm sorry is the devil's workshop you may get the victory over something now mm -hmm. but if you become idle temptation's going to come yeah. and it will come back to yeah. you it's true you have to stay delivered from it's it it's true because there are times that i myself experienced being idle and all of a sudden there are some thoughts that came back that i was used to do yes and then i feel guilty it's because I'm not thinking of the things of God and I'm not reading or even praying. Mm -hmm. Because when I stop doing that it, for a certain period of time, that's when the devil will try to put deception in your mind. Yes. Put doubts in your mind that you're not worthy. Mm -hmm. You're such a sinner. You're such a loser. You will not even go there. Mm -hmm. So don't be idle because it will, it will, this is, will, this will cause you to be out of the will of God. And also, not only will it um, bring temptations your way, it will also make you feel unworthy, like you said, mm -hmm. but it will bring condemnation upon you. And mm -hmm. you may not even know why. Yeah. But it's because you just feel guilty for some reason and yeah. you've tried to forgive yourself. Mm 
Mm-hmm. But when you have so much time, you start thinking on things. Mm-hmm. It's not a good thing. We need to stay in the Word of God. Yeah. When we have too much time on our hands, yeah. use that time for God. That's true. So don't be idle because this is the time that, when, especially for the new believers mm-hmm. like you, if you are listening to this, be mindful that don't be idle in everything that you do. Even if it's just a few moments in, in, in your day, just put your thoughts in the things of God. Yes. If you're not, if you're not reading the Word of God, just keep like, remind, like what Sister Pam said before in the previous episode, when you're reading the Bible, try to memorize a verse. And rehearse that verse in your mind daily. Yes. It will keep you mind focused on the things of God, not become idle, like thinking about other things mm-hmm. apart from the things of God. So Yes, we don't need to fall into that trap. Yeah. Also, um, about getting involved, the devil attacks mostly the people that are in the outer circle. Mm-hmm. So if you are not involved in the middle of things, you're going to become weak. Yeah. And you're going to be in the outer circle. And that's where the wolves attack. That's mm-hmm. where the lions attack is yeah. thing, people that are lagging behind. Yeah. If you ever see a lion trying to scout out its prey, mm-hmm. it always goes for the one that's lagging behind. Yeah. Um, so make sure you're involved. Everything that's going on, find a ministry you can fit into mm-hmm. and that you can grow. You may not be necessarily teaching Bible studies at the beginning, but you can go along and learn something from it. Yeah, and just be there and be available for your pastor or for the church. Go yeah. clean the church. Yeah. Um, if anything. you're too shy to be involved in other yes. things, just clean the church. You know you're doing something because you're being a minister to the yes. church. You're being a servant. You're you're doing something yes. for the kingdom of God. You may think it's so little, but in the eyes of God, because your heart it's in your lot. desire yeah. for the kingdom of God, it's a lot for him already. Yes. And so the devil attacks mostly people in the outer circle. And those people in the outer circle are most usually the spectators. Yeah. They come for entertainment. Mm -hmm. They don't come for the presence of God. Yeah. So when you come to church, don't come for the entertainment. Don't come just asking all the time and expecting people just to wait on you and coming to church to get something all the time. You go to church to give to God. And it should be a service. That's why we call it a church service yeah. because we're coming to serve God. That's true. We're the servant. Yeah. And we're so. waiting. That's why, you know, when we serve the master, he blesses us. Yes. yes. So that's sweet. And the happiest people in the world are those that are involved with other causes bigger than themselves. Yep. It also gets the focus off of yourself <laughs> and off mm-hmm. of your problems and gets it on something else mm-hmm. that may most usually are more unfortunate as you. Yeah. So um, if you're battling self-worth or you're battling depression, try reaching out to someone less fortunate. Yeah. And it will make you realize how blessed you really are. Yeah. Because also it will make your focus out of yourself. Mm-hmm. Because the more you deal with your situation, the more you have self-pity and the yes. more that you will be lacking in the things of God. Yes. Get involved. That's why it's so important to get involved in the things of God for your mind to be in other dimension, yes. not on yourself, on the dimension of God's way mm-hmm. or God's will, that there are other people that are much worse than your situation. Yes. I've learned that because I, I like self-pity before. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. Haven't we all? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you have that feeling like, oh, I'm so tired. I feel so left out. When you're doing that all the time and you're not thinking about reaching out and witnessing to somebody, you will be become the target of the devil. And yes. you will, you're, you're like those, uh, what's his fam just said, the spectator. Mm-hmm. And the, the devil will just pull you out. Yes. From the... Or deceive you in yeah. some way. It's true. And so we must stay involved. That is very crucial in mm-hmm. your walk with God. Also, we want to go on to the next step of relationships. You must have a great relationship with your pastor, his family, and the church family. Yes. God designed that we must be saved by preaching. In the Old Testament, God did not speak to the people, but he spoke to Moses. Mm-hmm. And Moses, the man of God, relayed the message to the people. Yep. So with the and and he not only gave the message to the people, but he said it with such passion. Mm-hmm that God had given it to him. Mm-hmm. So that is the job of the pastor to be the mouthpiece yeah. for God. Mm-hmm. In 1 Corinthians 1 and 21, it says, For since in the wisdom of God, I'm reading from the New King James Version, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believed. So God uh, designed it this way. Mm-hmm. You know, it to the world, preaching is probably, it looks foolish. Yeah. You know. To some. To some. But it saves our soul. And yeah. it's what we need. And God knew what we needed. Yeah. But know this, that your pastor, if he is a true man of God, and not just in it for the occupation and the money. Yeah. Is the mouth, mouthpiece of God. When you realize this, when he preaches and advises, it is what he feels from his conversations with God. Some things are revealed to him, and other times he feels he needs to preach on a certain topic or say a certain thing, but doesn't understand the reason why. But usually later, the cause is usually revealed. Yeah, it's true. Because the, I, I've been to some churches that pastor is preaching something that he thinks is better, but actually it's not helping mm-hmm. the, the congregation or the saints. But when I came to this church... When I came to Jordan, that's when I understand how did my pastor know what's going on around us and he's not even there because God is speaking to him. That's why we need to uh, have a good relationship with our pastor, the anointed man of God that God puts in your midst, especially for the apostolic Pentecostal believers because you know that when it is anointed your man of God is anointed God speaks to them mm-hmm. and in many times in our church God speaks to our pastor and preaches the word that he puts in his heart and all of a sudden all of us like how did he know it mm-hmm. <laughs> and God knows God knows that's why he he set a man in the midst of all the people mm-hmm. to leave them and that's why when you're a new convert and you come into the house of God mm-hmm. You think, oh, the pastor, he's just picking on me. Mm-hmm. But most usually, most usually, he don't know. And he's just doing what God has told him to yeah. say. He's only relaying the message. Mm-hmm. And we need to realize and understand that it was God who knew. He saw behind closed doors. He yeah. knew what your thoughts. Yeah. 
in the bedroom mm-hmm. when no one else was around. That's true. So God is always there. He yeah. always sees. He always yeah. hears. And he knows the message and yeah. what he needs to tell us. Yeah. That's why that's why there are times that when the pastor is preaching, we, we tend to feel like for the new the visitors or the newcomers. They think that somebody told pastor mm. what you did. But actually, he don't. But 99% of the time, yeah, that's 99% that's <laughs> not true. Because God speaks to him. Yes. And he, especially my pastor, he, her husband, <laughs> every time that he prepared for, for preaching on Sunday, he really seek God's word. Mm. He seeks God's face. And every time, every time that he preaches... It really what's going on around us. Yes. It's not just, oh, I, I want to talk about this subject. No. He, it always ends up with what the situation in the church is going to, mm-hmm. is having. Yes. It's not just out of the blue, like he wants to talk about something. No. And the funny thing about it is, most of the time, like I go pick up people for church mm-hmm. and we ride in the van. And yeah. usually I'm talking and I'm, telling them a certain thing of yeah. something they need to hear. Yeah. And then when we get to church, pastor preaches and says the exact same things I did word for word sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And then that visitor is looking at me and looking at the pastor and I'm like, I promise we did not talk yeah. before service. We didn't no. have time to. No. But God knew what that person needed. Yeah. He was confirming. Yeah. Yeah, that's confirmation. What, yes, what um, needed to be said. Yeah. And what that person needed. So uh, mm-hmm. that happens a lot here. And then I tell yeah. my husband, he was like, they're going to think we talk. Yeah. <laughs> Most know? of the people will think like that. But if you come to our church here in Living Away Fellowship, if you're listening from Jordan, don't think that my pastor and Sister Pam is talking about the subject that pastor is going to preach. They don't. Because most of the time, pastor is there by himself. While his family is doing other things yes. here in the church. They never talk during the he whole... He never tells me no. what he will preach about. No. He will just give the verses, but never yes. talk about what he's going to preach. That's why it's better to have a good relation. or Not only, only to your pastor, to his family, and to the saints. And I'll say this on a side note. For, for hirelings or people doing it... Pastoring a church just for the occupation... Mm-hmm they are not going to have the direction of God most usually or the passion to do it yeah. because it's money that drives them. Mm-hmm. It's uh, fame that drives them, yeah. which is sort of the wrong route to go if yeah. you want fame or wealth. Yeah. But in, in some places, especially I like, think in like Africa, mm-hmm. a lot of people do that for yeah. occupation and wealth. Yeah. So, um, you know, you, we're talking about a true man of God. So... Just to clarify that. Yeah. But also we need to honor those that preach the gospel. In 1 Timothy 5 and 17, it says, Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. Amen. For those that preach the word and they preach doctrine, Mm -hmm. good sound doctrine. Yes. We must give them double honor. Know that your pastor is for you. He's not against you. Understand Mm -hmm. that he has your best interest in mind. And he can see farther down the road than we can ever see. In Hebrews 13 and 17, it says, Obey those that have the rule over you and be submissive. 
for they watch out for your souls, and those, as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable to you. Yeah. Amen. Your relationship with your pastor must be a trustworthy and close relationship. You must trust his judgment. There are times when a man of God does mess up. That -hmm. is where you look in the word of God and make sure what he is speaking is true and is of a true spirit. Mm-hmm. Because even the serpent tempted Eve with the word of God. The devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness with the word of God. So their intention and spirit must be right in why they are doing it. Mm-hmm. They may speak truth, but yeah. sometimes truth being spoken has wrong intentions. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't need to be said. True. So... Um, the intention and the spirit must be right... In why they are doing it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they must correct the sheep going astray. Sometimes they stand and warn of danger ahead. And other times they are comforting lost, troubled sheep that have come into the flock. So God has set our pastor as authority over us to watch for our souls and spiritual life. In Ezekiel 3 and 17 through 21, it says, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them a warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die. And you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life. That same wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But his blood I will require at your hand. Yet if you warn the wicked and he does not turn from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity. But... You have delivered your soul. Mm -hmm. Again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Because you did not give him a warning. He shall die in his sin, and his righteousness, which he has done, shall not be remembered. That totally does away with the once saved, always saved. Yeah. And it's still true today. Amen to that. But his blood, I will... at your hand nevertheless if you warn the righteous man that the righteous should not sin and he does not sin and he listens he shall surely live because he took warning also you will have delivered your soul yeah that sounds pretty serious to me yes it is a pastor has a very important and critical job he is in charge of us and will give an account to God on Mm -hmm. our behalf those pastors who do not preach against sin and that are too afraid to hurt your feelings will have a lot of blood on their hands. Mm-hmm. Your relationship with others is also very important. In Romans 12 and 17, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If your friends are not born again, then you must live a godly and holy life in front of them. Colossians 4 and 5 through 6 says, Walk in the wisdom toward those who are outside outside the church redeeming the time let your speech always be with grace seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer each one conduct conducting yourself in a manner that is pleasing to god and Mm -hmm. speak in all wisdom and honesty with people it's Mm -hmm. very important how the world portrays us Mm -hmm. we must never Give them a reason to speak evil of us. Yeah. But they will, you For know. For sure. 
Especially those who hate you, hate your guts, and hate you being righteous. They hate your spirit, and it's a spiritual war. And they may not even can put a finger on why they they hate Mm -hmm. you. They may just not have a reason. They just don't like your spirit because it is totally opposite to what what spirit they have. Yes. So... Um, we must speak with all honesty, wisdom with people. We do not flirt with the world. We do mm-hmm. not have a wild, flirtatious attitude when we're around others as yeah. well. We do not have a grudging or critical attitude. We must be kind and generous and put others before ourselves, for we are a servant of God. Yeah. When being a newborn Christian, be careful that you don't put yourself in places or situations that could be talked about or misunderstood. In Romans 14 and 16, it says, Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. Yeah. And you may ask, well, how? How could that happen? Give an example. I have an example for you. Give us an example, then. <laughs> okay. You want to give a man and his wife a Bible study. Yeah. For example. And when you show up to the house, the wife is not at home. Mm-hmm. Don't hang around his house or be with the man alone. Don't even go inside. Yeah. You just leave. You may be innocent and think nothing of it, but the way it looks to others, if you went into this man's house and his wife was not there and you stayed a while while she was not home, there are some things that will happen or it could not happen. Mm-hmm. But you're setting up yourself up. It's almost like, here I am, de- devil, yeah. tempt me. You set yourself in the place where yes. Satan can set you up. And <laughs> even though you do not mean to do anything, mm-hmm. people's going to see, oh, she went into his house and his wife's not at home. There's neighbors yeah. around, do you know? Yeah. And it doesn't look good. I remember one one time, it happened to me. Remember when... When uh, we're doing home Bible study, I was with a brother and supposed to be I will have another sister with me. Mm-hmm. But it happened that most of the time it's just me and that brother. Mm-hmm. And what happened, people think that there is something between me and that brother, but it's, there's really not. Yes. So we want to change that. That's why every time that we're doing Bible study, it's supposed to be at least three person. Yes. If there will be a brother there, there should be a two sister there. If there will be one, uh, a sister, there will be two brother or something like that. So that people will not think that there is, you know. And it's not that we don't trust you. Mm-hmm. It's the people's mind. Or we thinking. don't trust any flesh yeah. because our flesh is flesh. And yeah. sometimes things happen and you can get weak. Yeah. But we don't make an opportunity for that to happen. Mm-hmm. You have to stay accountable. Yeah. to others and to yourself yeah. and to God. Mm-hmm. So um, really, you're, you're putting yourself into situations where it's just um, asking for the devil to tempt mm-hmm. you. And believe me, he will. Yeah. And if he don't, and you are very strong, mm-hmm. then it would still look bad. Yeah. And it's not good conduct for a Christian. No. It's not, you know, to mm-hmm. portray us. Yes, because it will, it will look like you're a hypocrite. You're you're teaching one, two, three things of God. Yes, but it shows like you're not doing the right thing. And because like you, you're, I, I was teaching a Bible study. Mm. Yeah, right. You were yeah. teaching a Bible study. Yeah. You know, and that's how the world thinks. Yeah. They don't think about 
how we think. Yeah, just like a while ago, while you're you're doing something here in the kitchen, when when we're talking about carnal people, things more like they know more of the good things that a Christian should do better than us because they think that they know more. So even we're doing the right thing, it in their eyes, it's like no, you're you're doing some fishy stuff. Mm-hmm. So we don't want that to be yes. spoken of us when we're doing the things of God. Yes. So be be careful. And there will be people that will talk and you can't stop, stop. that. No. But we should not give them evidence mm-hmm. of something that's happened yeah. that looks bad. Yeah. So if they want to speak evil of it, let it be of good. Yeah. Something mm-hmm. good we have done. Yeah. That's not really evil, but they think you know, the world calls evil yeah. good and good evil. Yeah. So the world has it mixed up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's an example mm-hmm. of how our Conduct. good should not be spoken evil of. Yeah. And there are also things that will happen. And everyone has that en- enemy that will attack them for doing good no matter how hard they try. Mm-hmm. Like we said, but we must not give them any question or integrity and be honest and open. In our walk with God. Your relationship with saints of God is also very important. We must be forgiving, patient, and not take advantage of others just because they are in the church. Mm -hmm. I've seen this happen many times. Yep. (laughs) Love each other and treat them with the utmost respect. You should be able to treat people in the church with the same respect you would treat your manager or your supervisor or your GM or anybody or the president, yeah. or the king, yeah. because they are your brother or sister in Christ. Yes, they deserve your respect just because we are servants to each other. Yes, you know. And Romans twelve and nine through thirteen reads: Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil. Cling to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, and honoring, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, giving to hospitality. So observe the examples of others. Mm-hmm. If you are unsure how to conduct yourself as a new Christian, look at the people praying at the altar. Look at the people that are showing up to prayer meetings and they are very faithful. Look at the people that are um, getting involved in everything that's going on. I I won't say that 100% they're going to be doing right and living Mm -hmm. right because we all mess up. But just look in general at how they conduct themselves, how they dress, how they talk, Mm -hmm. and follow in that example. Yeah, just like the one I'm talking to right now. (laughs) <laughs> I looked up to her. The the time that I started coming to the church, she's the first one I I looked at when it comes to how how should a godly woman looks like and how should I conduct myself. That's why I said from the beginning, she's my role model. She's the one I look up to. I'm not giving her, you know, I'm just giving her the the what would you say that the honor that is due to her because she's really that person that you can look up to. Sister Christine can say amen to that. Amen. See, <laughs> I have a backup here that can say that she's really a good example to us young young ladies here in the church, you know. 
really really so look up to those people that are involved you you will know that they are a godly person or a godly individual if they continue on uh, doing the things of God you will not have a doubt that they're they're fulfilling the will of God and as a well as a, as a new believer um, you may have new uh, new questions pop up into your mind I'm not sure about being the perfect example but I'm trying and striving to be that mm-hmm. perfect I haven't reached that point she's yet. not perfect no <laughs> But I'm trying and I'm striving and not always do I feel like I'm the perfect example. But I want to be and I'm striving yeah. and I'm still working on that. Yeah. Um, but as a, as a believer, but thank you for that. <laughs> as, as a new believer though, um, you may have questions pop up and about certain things. Observe how others act and how they react to that situation mm-hmm. and conduct themselves and do your best to follow in their footsteps. If mm-hmm. you have questions, ask someone. Yeah. You know, you will not be looked down upon or be considered ignorant or mm-hmm. laughed at. Yeah. Everyone has questions. Yes. In fact, if you don't have questions, something's wrong. Yeah. Because you're not learning anything. Mm-hmm. And it means you're not interested. Exactly. You don't have the desire to even know what's exactly. going on. When Brother Gabe first came into yeah. church, um, he's our assistant now, but he was constantly asking questions. A lot of questions. And he would stay almost an hour after Bible study <laughs> yeah. asking questions. There was nothing wrong with that. Yeah, In fact, it's good. it was showing he was growing, he yeah. was maturing yeah. in his walk with God. Yeah. And so there needs to be a time for that. Yeah. So we also have to develop Christian attitudes. In our walk with God, we must always have a teachable attitude. We went from Bible reading to prayer, fasting, fasting, getting involved, church, church attendance, attendance, witnessing, getting involved, relationship with others, and now developing Christian attitudes. We must have a teachable spirit. Amen to that. If you think you know all there is to know, there is no room for you to learn anything. Therefore, when truth is told to you, it will bounce off of you like a rubber ball. Yeah. Nothing can saturate. Yeah. I mean, the presence of God cannot even come into you yeah. because you, you know everything. You don't want to absorb it. Yes. <laughs> you, you need to you be a sponge. Just soak. Yeah, yeah, you need to be a sponge. Yeah. If someone is preaching on the Godhead or somebody's preaching on baptism mm-hmm. and the Holy... And you already know that stuff mm-hmm. and you've been in church for... 40 years and you've heard this message over and over and pastor has to keep preaching it because new converts keep coming in Mm -hmm. and that's their first time yeah but for the older uh people that have been in the church been in the church for a while it's going to be repetitious but we have to endure that yeah and we have to realize it's for the others to grow so when you think you know all there is to know, it's very dangerous. Yes. We must always, it doesn't matter how much pastor preaches about Godhead or about um, the plan of salvation mm-hmm. or anything, faith, mm-hmm. I always learn something new. It's true. You can read the Bible over and over and over. And I read, I'm doing a, a yearly Bible reading mm-hmm. where you read the Bible through in a year. Yeah. And every time I do, I'm always learning something new. I'm sure. always writing notes down. Oh, I didn't see that before. Mm-hmm. Or it didn't stand out to me yeah. like last time. Because there will be new revelation every time that you read exactly. the scripture. 
there's not only one-time understanding. Because yes. if you seek, if you're truly seeking the face of God, God will reveal to you another understanding on that scripture apart from what you've understood before. And if you know everything, then you probably don't have the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Because the Holy Ghost teaches, it leads, it guides, it comforts. And if it's not teaching you anything new and you've already know everything, then um, I doubt the Holy Ghost is up. You may have it, mm -hmm. but it's not at work in your life. Yeah. Or you're not listening to it. That's why Christian is a life life until you till you die that's your yes. that's your way of life now once you become a christian that's your way of life yes it's a continual learning of the things of god it's you know it may be repetitious to some hmm. when pastor is teaching about baptism repentance holy ghost and filling or what anything that pertains to plan of salvation it's still you know it still needs to be that hunger while while we were doing something here a while ago pa when i told pastor and i were talking about if if this will not give you the 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 goosebumps or the the the, the burning sensation the zeal mm -hmm. that every time uh somebody talks about or a bishop or an evangelist or a pastor is talking about something that you knew already and it doesn't make your spirit stirs up Mm -hmm. It means it's very dangerous because you yes. don't have that desire anymore. Mm -hmm. So don't let the, those desire to run out. Yes, Desire is very important for us Christians because it's our way of life now. Yes. We depend on Christ. We don't depend on the situation around us. Our life revolves around Christ. That's why we need to have his, his, our life centered in His presence. Yes. And... Not only having a teachable attitude, we also must treat others and conduct with others properly. Mm -hmm. In First Peter 2 and 1 through 3, it says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Mm -hmm. So he's talking about people, if you have come in and you've tasted which means you've been born again, and you know the graciousness of God, then this is how you should be conducting yourself. Yeah. You should not be a hypocrite. You should not be deceiving. Envious. Envious or speaking evil of anyone. Yeah. Don't backbite on others. Yes. Second Peter 1 and 4 through 10 says, By which we have... By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Mm -hmm. And pastor's been doing a whole yeah. Bible study on this. Yep, and we're not done yet. <laughs> it's good. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Mm -hmm. Therefore, brethren, 
be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For this is the very important part. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Amen. In the King James Version, it says you will never fall. Yeah. So how do you be a successful Christian? Have all this. <laughs> you do all these things, you yeah. won't fall. Yeah. You know, th- that's why God put guidelines in order for us to stay saved. Yes. Christian living, it's not easy, but when you follow all these steps... It will help you stay safe till Jesus comes. Yes. Everything you need to know for growth and maturity in Christ is in the Word of God. God doesn't intend for you to barely make it. Mm-hmm. He has equipped you with the tools, which is the Word of God and the Holy Ghost, to be saved. Mm-hmm. And you have your man of God and a church family to help encourage and edify you. Mm-hmm. You have to work out your salvation. It doesn't just come without you having some kind of faith or doing something about it, you have yeah. to work out your salvation. Yeah. In 1 Corinthians 13 and 11, it says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish childish things. things. So when we mature in Christ, we shouldn't be doing the same things we were doing when we first got in church. Right. We should be maturing and there should be some growth. You may not always see your growth, but others can see it. Like my children, when they were growing up, they never thought that they would ever get as tall as me. Mm -hmm. And I kept telling them, you're growing. No, mom, I'm not growing. (laughs) I I can't see myself growing. They could not see it. But I would put um, markers and measuring them Mm -hmm. every year. And then they would look back at the previous year yeah. of how much they had grown. And until mm-hmm. then, they actually saw how far they had, had grown. grown. Yeah, grown. So it's the same with our walk with God. We may not always see our growth and may not feel like we've grown any. Yeah. But others will see. And when we put markers and we put like memorials and things and we start thinking about, oh, I, I used to be like this mm-hmm. or I used to look like this. Yeah. Then you look back and you go, I have a long way yeah it's true that's why don't be in a rush also when you're going through like growing stage in the christian life because the more you push uh how do i say when you push yourself to the max of knowing everything about god and it's not in his will yet you will stumble that's why there's steps on how we should you know get to yes desire needs to be there hunger needs to be there but we need to set our spirit in the right phase also yes it's not just like oh i want to be like so and so no every one of us have different stages it of growth overnight. it don't <laughs> yeah it won't happen like in a span of one one year yeah. no it will take time so the next thing about christian living in our new walk with god is learning how to be holy. Yes. This is a big subject, and I don't even know how much time we have. We will make time. But I just want to touch on this really quick. In 1 Peter 1 and 13 through 16, it says, Therefore, gird up your loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that has been brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lust, as in your ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, 
You also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Hmm. So holiness is an attribute of God from which all other attributes flow. God is love because he is holy. God is peace because he is holy. God is patient because he is holy. God is merciful because God is holy. Amen. We cannot be unholy. We cannot be unholy and see God. Yeah. In Hebrews 12 and 14 it says pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Yeah. If you don't have holiness, you, you will see. not you will never see him. Yeah. God will never require you to be that which he will not enable you to be. Amen. So what is holiness? I was curious. I know, I know what holiness is, but I wanted to see what the dictionary said about holiness. So I looked it up. What did it say? You would be surprised. I was surprised. <laughs> Let's see. The dictionary doesn't know everything. Mm-hmm. The dictionary has it wrong. It says it is a title given to the Pope. What? <laughs> holiness is not a, just a title given to the Pope. Nope. It said nothing about God in the dictionary. No. Holiness is a title and an attribute of a holy God in heaven. So I was very curious and I was so shocked when I saw that. I shouldn't be, but I was because I figured at least the dictionary would know what the word holiness means. Mm-hmm. And it's it meant to be holy. Well, yeah. what does be holy mean yeah you know some people don't know what that means Mm -hmm. so holiness is pure it's clean it's without fault without blemish without spot it's pure Pure. it's very very clean if you see a very white wall it's like and holiness is separated Mm -hmm. when you are separated and you are pure you are holy yeah that's why when the Bible talks about uh, God coming for his church, it's supposed to be a holy church. That's yeah. why he called them the ten virgins. Yeah. Because a virgin is untouched. Yeah, they're pure. They're separated. Yeah. They're pure in mm-hmm. their purest form. So that's the way he describes the church. Yeah. And there will be some foolish and some that are righteous mm-hmm. and wise. But we must be the wise. Mm-hmm. So I was really shocked at this. And in 2 Corinthians 7 and 1, it says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Amen. We'll never get to be as holy and perfect as God. Mm-hmm. But we must always strive to be. If you mm-hmm. stop striving to be holy and perfect like God is, then you'll never get to where you need to be in God. We need to endure till the end because this is a race that we don't, you will not be saved because you started it. You'll be saved on how you finish this race. It's not about, uh, I started right and stopping in the middle. No, you have to finish the race. No one gets the, the, the trophy or the gold medal in, a, in an Olympics game mm-hmm. without going or finishing the race or finishing the game. Yes. We have to finish it with a good fight of faith. That's why it's very important for us to 
get this understanding, absorb all these things that it's been spoken of in this podcast because it will really help you in in living for God and as a Christian in this world that we're living right now. It's so perverse mm-hmm. and it's so twisted right now that we need to have a sound doctrine to follow and yes. abide by and let God lead you, not the people or the situation around you. Always stick into the Word of God. Yes. That's why the first thing in Christian living is to read your Bible daily. Get in, get your mind in the Word of God, or be in the always in, on the book, mm-hmm. not on your Facebook or whatever. Yes. But put your face in the book. Yes. The Word of God. It will help you and lead you in everything. You know, all these things that Sister Pam is teaching is in the Bible. So all, all, all of this will help you or help me and help all of us to stay saved. We need to make our mind, our mindset, you know, in the things of God. This is not a game. Mm-hmm. This is life or death. Mm-hmm. Because it's either you'll go to hell or heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very serious thing. So don't joke about it. It's... We got one chance at it. Yeah, only one chance. There's no second chances. But God is so faithful and merciful that He gave us this period of grace where each one of us have the chance to repent of our sins and be baptized and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And when that dispensation of grace ends, if even if you repent now, God will not forgive you. That's why take this chance. This is very vital part of our life because the end is coming you know what's going on around now mm-hmm. is the science yes. of the end times we are having fun with this podcast not only because i have sister pam with me but because we are sharing to you all the necessary ways to stay saved as a christian just hold on as we continue our conversation about holiness on our next episode and if you enjoyed the episode please share and tune in next week it'll be awesome god bless you all in jesus name